Asia Pacific Currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents here on Community Radio 3CR. Uh, your, this is Giselle Hanna. And I'm um, Pierre Morrow. Is that what you call just a bit of a stopgap in the, in the brain functioning <laughs> That's there? That's right. I think I have the introduction down pat for this show, but for some reason I drifted off. I wanted to, to say it is Saturday the 13th of August on a, we're slowly getting into a sunnier time in Melbourne, although I have been freezing myself off lately. Um, but coming up on today's program, in the second part of the show, our feature interview is with Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective. He's also a rank and file member of the AMWU. Many, many of you will have seen over the last week the Guardian newspaper's release or the website's release of um, over 2,000 cache files um, of incident reports from um, Nauru concentration camp revealing the just the depth and the degree of torture and abuse against um, the refugees in that detention centre. So we're going to be looking at the campaign based in Australia to try and close those um, those detention centres down. That's what's coming up in the second part of the program. But, of course, I did want to briefly report on um, AAWL's uh, movie fundraiser last week. It was wonderfully successful. Thank you to all of the listeners that came along and supported us. Um, our next movie fundraiser is coming up on the 12th of September, and I'll announce those details later in the program. That's right, and you'll have to come to it if you've uh, missed it. And if you want to get in touch or you want more information about what we're going to talk about today and all the myriad of interesting stories that we put, Giselle, how do, how do our dear listeners all around the world can actually see all this interesting stuff? Well, of course, you can get in touch with us um, through email at aawl at aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms. And our website is allthews.aawl.org.au. And we do post regularly news um, and current affairs from across the region just to keep you up to date on the struggle of workers across Asia. And it's just on uh, three past nine o'clock here on 3CR Radio, Favourite Community Radio Station. And Giselle, I think you've got the first uh, news item, which really will introduce the uh, interview later on. That's right. So we are going to kick off with um, the situation for refugees in Australia or refugees trying to get to Australia. A huge database of incident reports from the Nauru concentration camp was leaked to the Australian media this week. It catalogues a long list of abuses, incidents, assaults and self-harm that refugees have endured while imprisoned in Nauru. These documents come only weeks after Australia's offshore concentration camps were condemned by two international human rights organisations. Refugee activists across the country are continuing to protest. We'll bring you details of the Melbourne protest uh, when we speak to Chris Breen later in the program. 
And we go not too far away to Malaysia, where, um, as we've often talked about, the um, some of the repressive legislation that is in uh, in force in Malaysia on the, um, at the start of this month, a new security legislation has come in force in Malaysia, um, where critics have uh, labelled it draconian, that threatens. Uh, uh, civil liberties and could be used against opponents of the Prime Minister. The um, so-called National Security Council Act was pushed through Parliament last December by the government of Prime Minister Najib Razak, who, um, as listeners would know, have has faced uh, repeated and ongoing calls to resign for more, for more than a year over an alleged corrupt scandal that is basically around um, the fact that he's pocketed, uh, allegedly, up to $700 US million. Uh, the legislation of the National Security Council Act gives the government power to declare virtual martial law in areas deemed under security threat. Critics have accused Najib and his government of enacting the law and other recent leg- uh, tough legislation to ward off political and legal challenges to th- their rule. What's interesting about that is um, the ISA, which was repealed, and I tried to get the date of when it was repealed just before we came to air, and I, I didn't have time. Two, three years? Not yeah, much. not long at all. And in those, um, in the intervening couple of years, they used different legislation. They used the Sedition Act. They used various other emergency ordinances, um, and and they're introducing. Well, they now have enacted legislation by almost exactly the same name to do exactly the same thing. Yes, that's, that, that's right. Yeah, sorry, I just I just nodded and I said that. Yeah, obviously the Sedition Act just wasn't uh, strong enough. Although they seem to be using that quite freely. Uh, moving now to China, so we have been bringing you news of the increased um, industrial unrest in China and um, the increasing strikes that workers are on. The China Labor Bulletin has actually done some analysis of this, and I've got some of their um, statistics in front of me now. Despite some signs that the Chinese economy is stabilising, labor unrest continues unabated with workers in all sectors and all regions of the country staging strikes and protests in response to employer abuses. There were on average eight protests a day in the first six months of the year, most related to wage arrears, business closures and social insurance. And this is all according to data from the China Labor Bulletin's strike map. In total, there were about 1,500 protests in the first six months, uh, compared with about 1,200 in the first half of 2015. So that's an increase of about 20% in terms of strikes in China. Construction worker protests accounted for 40% of all incidents in the period, but the figure was slightly um, distorted by the traditional surge in demands for payment of wages in arrears in the run-up to the Lunar New Year holiday. So it's a traditional time of protests. More significant was the increase in transport strikes with about 205 protests or strikes in the first half of the year compared with 127 in the same period last year. More intense competition from ride-hailing applications has put huge pressure on traditional taxi drivers who are responsible for about 85% of all transport strikes and protests in the first half of the year. So that's almost like our Uber um, uh, equivalent. The number of strikes by miners almost doubled. Of course, China has one of the most dangerous mining industries in the world, um, and it's doubled from 41 uh, in the first half of 
last year to 74 this year, reflecting the continued downturn in the mining industry and the prospect of around 1 million miners losing their jobs over the next few years. A more likely focus of labour unrest into the future is the increasingly important retail and service sector. Many employees in these sectors do not have formal employment contracts or social insurance. They have to work excessively long hours and are vulnerable to sudden changes in pay and working conditions. The recent strikes and protests by Walmart workers, Neutrogena sales staff and China Unicom workers are indicative of the problems routinely faced in the sector. Yes, very interesting, and uh, it certainly um, talks about the dynamics that are happening in China, which often you don't get to hear about it. And of course, just on um, on China, um, this uh, week is the first anniversary of the huge explosions in Tianjin, where they killed over, I think, over 160 people were were killed when the chemical explosion um, happened in the middle of of the night and. Um, I don't actually have um, figures, but I will actually um, we'll put on the mini news. There's actually been another um, serious um, accident where around 20 Chinese workers have died um, this week. But we'll certainly bring you more information about that. Um, but uh, we go just south of China to Thailand, where this week, after much delay and with very little independent campaigning allowed, a new constitution was adopted via national referendum. The ruling military junta had overseen the drafting of this new constitution as a way to guarantee law and order. And um, it's interesting to see some of the reports uh, that have come out uh, basically saying the, you know, the referendum was held and it, it won when in reality there was no discussion allowed. People were jailed for actually having discussion about the, the referendum in, in Thailand. And, um, and the constitution, the main uh, part of, the, of this uh, new constitution is that it will enshrine the power of the military by giving them unprecedented powers and control in the Senate. So in other words, from now on, all um, um, democratic electric governments in uh, in Thailand will be controlled by uh, the military. So um, in reality, the fight will continue. Um, and um, and certainly efforts by the workers, international workers movement is desperately needed to help our comrades in Thailand. And in South Korea, it's been another big week in the fight against Samsung uh, in South Korea. Earlier this month, the news came that a 32-year-old worker, Yi Chang-un, died of acute lymphoblastic leukaemia after three and a half years working with various chemicals at a Samsung plant. A few days later, investigators have uncovered how South Korean authorities have colluded with the Samsung Corporation to suppress information relating to chemical toxicity. At the same time, the sit-in by Labor activists outside the company's headquarters in Seoul has reached 300 days. It's no surprise that Sharon Burrow, the General Secretary of the International Trade Union Confederation, has compared Samsung to a medieval feudal organisation for its blatant disregard of workers' working conditions. Whenever we have uh, stories like that in South Korea, when they go about their sit-ins, the protest and whatever, and, you know, they hit 300, 400 days, you just think they've got staying power. That's all I can say. Um, but, um, yeah, well done to them. We now go to um, Sri Lanka, where the Sri Lankan free trade zones are one of the most difficult areas in the world for trade union activities and organising workers. 
But despite the workers facing severe anti-union and unfair labour practices from employers, the industrial aff affiliate, the Free Trade Zone and General Services Employees Union, won a successful collective bargaining with the Trelleborg Will System, a Sri Lankan subsidiary of a Swedish multinational manufacturer of tyres for agricultural and industrial machines. This agreement that covers around 140 workers states that the employee will respect the right of each employee to become a member of the union and prevent discrimination of employees due to union work. They also agreed to create material and organisational conditions for union activity, including holding union meetings within the factory premises and time off for union office bearers to participate in union activities if notice is given. The union committed to carrying out its activities in a way that will not disturb the working or restrict the activity of the employer. Well, we'll certainly see how that um, works uh, in the future, but uh, it's, it's certainly a positive step in the right direction. And now in India, uh, so a, a collection of unions have decided to call a general strike in September in fact, on the 2nd of September this year. So it's the joint platform of the Central Trade Unions, that's the CTU, and the Independent National Federations of Employees of Different Industries. It's another one. And then it also includes a federation called the Confederation of General Government Employees and Workers. They've all gotten together to call an all-India general strike on the 2nd of September. And the the um, issues raised, so it's against the anti-people and anti-worker policies of the authoritarian NDA government. There's been some intensive campaigning and preparation to make the general strike a resounding historical success, uh, and they're hoping for it to be uh, right throughout the entire country. The attitude of the NDA government is profoundly negative and hugely challenging to the working class, including central government employees. The issues in the Charter of Demands submitted by the trade unions to the government relate to basic interests of the country's economy and also issues concerning the livelihood of the working people of both organised and unorganised sectors. And of course, in 2012, we did see, um, I know we've reported on the varying figures, anywhere from 150 million workers all the way down to about 20 million workers. But even 20 million workers, that is almost the population of Australia, that is a lot of workers on the streets on a general strike. That's right. And um, I, I presume we'll see again tens of millions in the streets of India. Um, and hopefully we'll have some effects. So um, we'll look, uh, we'll certainly um, keep looking at that. And our last item, we go to, um, to uh, Lebanon, where protesters took to the streets of Beirut to march against racism towards Syrian refugees, which they say has been growing in recent weeks. The protests took place in uh, early in mid-July, and at least um, 200 people gathered in the anti-discrimination protest in the Lebanese capital under the banner All Against Racism. And of course, uh, people have to realise that um, Lebanon is quite a um, divided country still. It's uh, quite militarised. There's actually a lot of um, armed disputes going on all the time. So to actually have uh, a protest such as this is an incredible step forward, even if there's only 200 people. I mean, it's, it's, it's really great. Not only that, they... Um, the, the, the slogans were very much against the politicians who incite hatred and they must um, be held accountable and don't kill uh, refugees with your racism. And the protesters marched from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs to the Interior Ministry. 
that's all that we have uh, time for you today in the news roundup. We'll um, come. We'll go to a couple of community um, community announcements, and then we'll be back with Chris Breen from the Refugee Collective um, uh, Refugee. Action Collective. Action. That's I was right. thinking, Rack, where does that A go? <laughs> Refugee Action Collective um, about the, the Nauru papers that have just come out. If you can walk, you can dance. If you can talk, you can sing. Three songs for 3CR. A fabulous fundraiser in 3CR's 40th birthday year for world music show Music Sans Frontières with Sister's Eye. Predlo, Serbian Women's Choir. Phoenix Choir. The Zamponistas. Bruce Watson. Breathing Space Women's Choir. Elfin Voices. GT and Friends. August the 13th, Saturday, 8pm. At the Boite World Music Cafe, 1 Mark Street, North Fitzroy. So for bookings, you can go to all the W's, boite.com.au, that's B-O-I-T-E, or turn up on the night. Three songs for 3CR. IPAN is inviting you to attend its anti-war conference and join the Close Pine Gap protests from the 26th of September to the 2nd of October in Alice Springs. Pine Gap facilitates US war activities, international espionage and their killer drone program. It's time to stop the drift to war and free Australia from US military bases. For more information on the IPAN conference, go to ipan.org.au and for protest details, see closepinegap.org. IPAN is a 3CR supporter. It is is 18 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. The devastating trauma and abuse inflicted on children held by Australia in offshore detention has been laid bare in the largest cache of leaked documents released from inside its immigration regime. More than 2,000 leaked incident reports from Australia's detention camp for asylum seekers on the remote Pacific island of Nauru, totalling more than about 8,000 pages, were published by The Guardian on Wednesday. The Nauru file set out, as never before, the assaults, sexual abuse, self-harm attempts, child abuse and living conditions endured by asylum seekers held by the Australian government, painting a picture of routine dysfunction and cruelty. Joining us now is Chris Chris Breen. He is an activist in Refugee Action Collective and also a rank-and-file member of the AMWU. Welcome, Chris. Uh, thank you. I'm actually now a member of the uh, Australian Education Union. I've become a teacher. You just keep moving on. I can't keep track of your various affiliations. That's okay. A rank of file trade unionist nonetheless. Thanks for joining us, Chris. I mean, we activists that have been active in this space for a really long time, nothing that The Guardian has re- released will surprise us. It's still can have the impact of absolutely debilitating activists when confronted with the grief of, of what people are experiencing. Uh, <clears throat> that's right. I mean, it's, it, the, the Nauru files confirm what refugee um, activists have been arguing for a, a long time about the horrors on Nauru, the horrors on Manus Island. But it's worth people having a look at for themselves to go to the Guardian files and to click on the reports uh, particularly if you click on the red boxes, which is a critical incident. There's over 2,000 
trials, over half of them involving children. Um, that's everything from, you know, a child being whacked to the ground with knuckles by a guard to sexual assault to assault. Um, it's, it's quite horrific in detail. And these aren't historic allegations either, as um, Peter Dutton would have it. They go um, all the way to the end of last year. Uh, there's nothing to indicate that anything has changed since then. And I think the point that is really worth making is that these are not allegations uh, by asylum seekers themselves. These are not allegations by advocates. This is the detention regime itself that is speaking. The people who've made these reports are guards, their teachers, their medical officers, their counsellors, their managers on Nauru itself. Uh, their internal reports that were never meant to see the light of day. Um, they, you know, have no reason to uh, fabricate the allegations, um, you know, as uh, Peter Dutton has claimed. In fact, you know, I think Peter Dutton is fast becoming the, milk, uh, the, the, the Donald Trump of Australian politics, you know, just making up completely outrageous things, uh, trying to turn, you know, the, <clears throat> the horrors in the Rue into some uh, bizarre conspiracy, uh, claiming they're false, without any evidence. He's saying that people have set themselves on fire to try and get to Australia. You know, this is just... It's disgusting. Um, you know, it's an offence to Omid, who is he's dead. He set himself on fire. Um, you know, he's not going to come to Australia. He's not going to come anywhere. And, you know, Peter Dutton is trashing his memory. Um, it, you know, the, <coughs> the, the, the abuse is horrific. Um, yes, yeah, thanks, uh, Chris. This is Pierre. Um, yeah. I would certainly agree with, I mean, it, it's hard to see how Peter Dutton could go any lower in terms of his defaming and, and uh, getting down to gutter politics. But I want to really uh, talk about um, so where do you think now this, um, this information is going to come out and how, what effect will it have on, on the movement? As, because as you said, like the refugee movement um, really knew a lot of this information. I mean, a lot of people know how these are concentration camps. The, the people are, are literally just um, um, basic, they've, been, they've been forgotten there. Um, so where do you think the movement can go now with this um, new inf information? Okay. Yeah, as you say, it is sadly uh, nothing new to people who've been trying to change government policy for many years. Nonetheless, it does have an impact on, you know, people who are just starting to pay attention. Uh, you know, The Guardian uh, released a video online which has been seen over 200,000 times, um, <clears throat> essentially putting the same arguments that uh, refugee activists have made, that um, Nauru and Manus are abhorrent concentration camps and they need to be closed. And I think that is a good thing and that does have an impact. It galvanises some of the, you know, more moderate forces in the campaign. Um, but I do think it is the case, sadly, that the truth, the information coming out, is not enough. Um, that's one of the reasons that the Refugee Action Collective has called a rally on uh, Saturday, August the 27th at 1 o'clock at the State Library to keep up the pressure on the Turnbull government to shut Manus and Nauru. Um, we think actually the Turnbull government, although they're elected, is weak and divided. You know, they've been returned with a much reduced majority of only one seat. 
in the election campaign. Dutton tried to use refugee bashing, you know, saying that refugees were both going to be on the dole and take people's jobs. A whole lot of nonsense. It didn't work. Um, so we think it's, it's important. There is an opportunity to keep pressing home, then Manus and Nauru can be shut. At the moment, the Turnbull is clinging to the brutality. Uh, Manus Island has been declared illegal. They can't send more refugees there. That's still working its way through. So I'd really encourage people to come along to this rally on the 27th. I, mean, I, I guess the other thing, the impact that, it, that some of this information does have, and the rallies give confidence to people who have anything to do with the system to take their own action. One of the most powerful actions we saw um, in recent time was the actions of uh, doctors and health workers uh, at Lady Salento Hospital in Brisbane who refused to return baby Asha back to detention. She'd been on Nauru, suffered severe burns. Um, and that action, you know, galvanised the union movement to have a blockade of the hospital. And as a result, the 267 vulnerable asylum seekers have still not been sent back to Nauru. Uh, despite the fact that they are able to be sent back, the Turnbull government said they'll be sent back. And so, you know, we we also are trying to get to a situation where we get much more of that kind of action as well. Well, that's that's a really interesting point because when you were describing the source of the reports that have been leaked, as in the people that authored the reports, they are by and large workers in Nauru who, had, who were documenting these atrocities. Um, what about galvanising those forces to to uh, to take some kind of industrial action that might make a difference in this space? Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's that's something we've been encouraging for a long time. Uh, it can be difficult organising workers on Nauru. It's something we've been encouraging unions to do. Uh, for any of your listeners who happen to be union members, um, if you, you know, pass motions through your union branch that this is a union issue. Um, uh, we've seen, uh, as a result of the Nauru files, there have been teachers who've worked on Nauru speaking out again and again around the country. Uh, we got contacted just the other day by a teacher in Western Australia who used to work for Save the Children, wanting to put on forums there because he's seen the ones we've done here. Actually, the other thing we have coming up on uh, Saturday the 10th of September at 3.30 at the Nurses' Union building, we are touring Jessica Walker, and she is the delegate at the uh, Brisbane school that took strike action when Mojgan, uh, asylum seeker, was ripped out of uh, their school and flown half the way around the country. Um, we're also hoping to have some of the teachers um, who've spoken out about the, the Nauru files. Um, workers taking action is, is a very important thing. Um, I do think that refugees are a union issue. I mean, for one thing, you know, the, the courage of the, the people on Nauru and Manus is a remarkable thing, that they haven't simply broken down in despair. I mean, on Nauru, you've seen now protests for over 100 days, and that deserves solidarity. As well, I think you've seen the Turnbull government that has consciously tried to use attacking refugees, racism, to weld a, a, a working-class vote to itself and to bring in on the back of that actually attacks on workers, attacks on penalty rates to bring back the ABCC. And it is part of standing up to the Turnbull government to, to take him on over refugees. Chris, we, uh, we're coming to the end of the program. I want to give you an opportunity to announce those um, events in such a way people can write the details down and get along to them. No. So there's the rally on uh, the 27th of August and then you just talked about the Jessica Walker speaking to her. Can you give those details out okay. again? 
Uh, the rally on the August the 27th, um, which will be 1pm at the State Library, which is the corner of uh, Swanson and Latrobe Streets in the city. Uh, it's been endorsed, I think, by about 30 organisations from Get Up to the Greens to Labor for Refugees to unions. Um, and then uh, Jessica Walker's speaking tour, uh, which is put on jointly by Teachers for Refugees and RAC, will be on Saturday, September the 10th at 3.30 at the Australian uh, Nurses Federation building, which is 540 uh, Elizabeth Street in the city. Uh, yeah, 3.30, I think I said that. Excellent. Please come along. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us this morning. And thank good you luck. for having me on. You're welcome. That was Chris Breen. He is an organiser in Refugee Action Collective and a rank and file member of the Australian Education Union, speaking about um, the Guardian's leaked files about the abuses on Nauru. Um, and he mentioned a couple of rallies uh, or events. We're going to advertise those on our website, so check them out. But that does bring us to the end of the program. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow. And we'll be back uh, with you next week at nine o'clock as usual. But stay tuned to 3CR Radio and straight after these uh, announcements uh, we won't actually have Palestine Remember, it's still on hold that program but we'll have a repeat of the Earth Matters show. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information go to allthews.3cr.org.au